With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. We've been talking about this concept of revival. I'm near the very last chapter of the American Covenant. It's chapter eight. Many of you have gotten your books. I love reading your comments. You're so excited, and I can't wait for you to go through it on your own with your family. I'm reading here in Marshall Foster's book where he talks about, about this. He says, the most important institution on the earth, the most important institution for saving and preserving the world, what do you think it is? It is the family. It is the family. Without the family, it's all lost. When God created the world, he didn't start with putting uh, a president in the Garden of Eden. He didn't start by creating the church with a priest or a pastor. He started with a man and with a woman. And that one flesh relationship began and children come onto the scene. And through their children and their children's children, there's a multi-generational plan to bring blessing to earth. The family is what it's all about. It's not the only institution, but it's the most important. And the destruction of the family, uh, Dr. Foster says, as we see the destruction of the family, we are witnessing in this generation a sure sign of cultural collapse and meltdown. If we let fatherhood go out the window, if the sacred role of motherhood is no longer trendy and we start degrading what it means to be a dad and the importance of being a mom, we will lose everything. The self-governing home was the major force, the major power, the major cornerstone in early America. It was the engine of godly transformation of the earth and early Americans understood that. Preserve the family, protect the family. And, you know, many of us, you know, we need a license to be able to drive a car. Uh, we need a license to practice law or medicine. But, but isn't it strange? Many of us have never taken a course in, in, in how to practice shaping the hearts and minds of the next generation, of building the next generation of human beings that are going to be running this place in 20, 30 years. The home is so important and we got to get back to learning how to do that right. And of course, God gives us the curriculum right here in his word. The hope, the, the, the home is the, the hope of the future for our nation. And God ordained the family right there in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter one, and all throughout the entire Bible. He gives the responsibilities to moms and dads, how to take care of every member of the family, how to train our children. And the purpose of taking care of and giving to God's work on the earth. The family is the major engine. It's the financial engine. It's the hospitality engine. It's the educational engine. So much is supposed to happen in the family, not be, uh, that was responsibilities, not shirked and pushed off to the government to take care of it for us. 
That's bad. Things always go downhill when that happens. Like I said, the Bible says that our homes are to be the primary schools for our kids. It's actually the, you know, marriage is also the school where you and I learn how to die to ourselves and serve somebody else, even when it's really difficult. When it feels like it's not worth the effort and you're not being appreciated or thanked. Think of, of, of Jesus, how unappreciated he was, how insulted he was, how mocked. He actually uh, went to voluntarily lay down his life for the people who hated him and wanted to. They were shouting for his death. He learned to die to himself and trust himself to God and serve those who mistreated him. And as husbands and wives, marriage is a school where we learn how to be like Jesus. And for our kids, they learn all the other things that you and I have been learning through this American Campfire Revival. And they learn it in little bits and pieces from their mom and dad. The home is also to be uh, the primary place of hospitality. We've got to open up our homes and our wallets and our purses and our pocketbooks to take care of the needs of the poor and the elderly and the handicapped and the orphans. You see, according to, to the Bible, if we don't take care of those kinds of needs in our community, somebody else will. And that's where the government comes in and comes up with all these excuses to raise taxes through the roof and confiscate your money and your property because they're saying, well, somebody has to take care of these people. But here's the deal. God says it's not the government's job. They do a very inefficient job of that. That needs to be done in the family. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian Healthcare Ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. In early America, in fact, all, up, all throughout and up to the, into the 20th century, in America, we understood that welfare is a family and church responsibility. Social welfare is the family responsibility. It's about me taking care of my family and my neighbors. It's about them taking care of, of them, their family and me and, and their other neighbors. And when we begin to take care of one another in our own community and in our churches, we bring heaven to earth. Because we know that guy. We know whether he's lazy or we know whether he's just having a hard time and needs a hand up. 
We know whether, whether she is shirking her responsibility or whether she is in need of compassion and needs help because we have personal relationships with, with these people who we know as we love our neighbors as ourselves. The government can't do that. Washington, D.C. can't possibly know what's going on in your state, in your community, in your town, in your, on your street. You do. And that's why God said all these responsibilities should get forced down to the church and the family where we can take care of needs with that personal touch of care and compassion in relationships. That's how it works. That's the way it works. But there's a, there's a wolf at the top called big government that would love to say, you don't have to do that. That's not your responsibility. That's too big of a job for you. We'll take care of it. Just put us in office and give us all your money and we'll do the dirty work. Happens all the time. And we can't let that happen because God has given us everything that we need to be able to take care of the job and do it better than anybody else because we're the family of faith. We love God and he's given us a heart to love our neighbor. Now I'm gonna read this uh, out of the American Covenant Final suggestion from Dr. Foster is to make our homes training centers for our own personal study and for others. In early America, people understood the importance of having a personal library, not going to a public library, but where you choose the books that have been important to you and that others have given to you and you have your own personal library. It could be an electronic library on your Kindle. That's fine. But I encourage you to get physical books like this. I mean, look at look, look what I've been able to do here. I know you can do this electronically, but if you look, I've got notes upon notes upon notes all throughout here. And as I, as I read this stuff and I make my notes, I'm able to go back over and see what I was talking about through all of this stuff. And having a personal library that you can use to teach your children and remind yourself of these things is a treasure. And our homes need to be learning centers. Your books should be, you know, dog-eared and underlined and, and, and worn out just like, just like our Bible. Now, sometimes people say, man, how am I ever going to find the time to do that? That's too hard. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I, could, I could do all that. Listen, we don't have another choice, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm just going to be straight up with you. We don't have another choice. Because if we do not read and we do not think governmentally, you say, well, I'm not political. I don't want to be political. Politics, that's for somebody else. Okay, listen, if you and I, if the good guys don't vote, if the good guys don't run for office, then the bad guys vote and the bad guys get in and that shuts our world down. Is that really what we want to, the example we want to give for our kids? If we don't think governmentally and if we don't think educationally, if we don't think economically, Somebody else will do our thinking and decision-making for us. Makes sense, right? Just like in your house, if your kids don't take responsibility for their own lives and continue to act like children long after they have gotten out of adolescence, someone else is going to have to make their decisions for them and do the thinking for them like a parent. And we can be like that in our nation. If we as adults don't 
think about who's running our country and the laws that we pass and who we're placing in leadership. If we don't think about economics and business and how that's going to be run, if we don't think about the textbooks that our children are going to be taught and get involved in those kinds of things, there's a lot of people who'd be more than happy to do it for you and me. And they're going to train God right out of our kids. And they're going to turn their morals upside down. And they'll teach them that everything that you think is good is actually evil. And everything that you think is wicked is the highest form of virtue. And that you don't count. And that you are irrelevant. And that would all happen on our watch. I'm saying over my dead body. Let's love God, love one another, train our children, and use our homes as training centers to educate ourselves and other people. It's like what my friend, Pastor Ed's doing right now. He's opening up his home, he's opening up his Bible, and he's opening up his wallet to be able to bless other people and together pray and worship God and talk about what it means to be a husband and a father and an American citizen who treasures liberty so that we have something to give to our kids and to honor God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.